to the Transfer Nation Videocast and Podcast. This podcast is hosted by Dr. Heather Adams, Senior Program Manager of Transfer Initiatives at the Aspen Institute's College Excellence Program. Transfer Nation aims to create a network and community of educators who work with and advocate for transfer and post-traditional college students. Transfer students are college students who begin their academic journey at one institution, such as a community college or four-year university, and then choose to transfer to another or multiple institutions. Our mission is to build community, transform culture, and empower success for transfer educators and students by sharing resources and celebrating all things transfer. Well, hello there, and welcome to the Transfer Nation videocast. I'm super <laughs> thrilled today to get to sit down and chat with Kim Morton, the Associate Director of Transfer Services at App State in Boone, North Carolina. Thank you so much for spending some time. I see you've got the gorgeous mountains behind yes. you. This is our campus. I'm up in the mountain. No, I'm not. It's a nice Zoom background, but <laughs> this, is, um, this is what we look at every day. Um, oh. In, in Western North Carolina. So very excited to be here. Thank you for putting this together. Yeah, I'm thrilled to have you here in, oh my goodness, App State Transfer. Y'all, you are killing it. You are doing such amazing transfer receptive, transfer friendly programming and outreach. And I hope that you're a reoccurring guest on the video cast so that we can have lots of discussions about transfer mentor programs and transfer social media and faculty mentoring of transfers and transfer programming and events because you really do so much. But I know that you're right in the middle of T-pop, which is a really cool thing that you're trying out. And I want to learn from you about how that's working as we dive into this orientation, transfer orientation season, and we're learning what's working and what's not on this remote reality. So what is T-pop and how's it been going? Sure, sure. Well, just to give you a little background, um, I do work at Appalachian State University, um, and about a quarter to a third, depending on the year, of our students are transfer students. Our Office of Transfer Services is eight-plus people, I say plus because we have some part-timers, that are dedicated to transfer students. So that's why we're able to put on all of these awesome programs. So T-pop in normal everyday life, when we're actually in person and can talk to people, um, is an opportunity. It's called Transfer Pre-Orientation Program. And it was developed to give our transfer students an extended orientation. So normally they would come in the summer, but by the time it's summer, it's too late for them to be thinking about where they're going to live and some of those other things. So years ago, before I ever arrived, and I've been here about four and a half years, they started doing T-pop and they would bring students on. We bring them in April and November. It's a smaller group. Um, that's the nice, one of the nice things is it's so um, personalized. So normally our orientations are 400 students. We have about four or five a year. T-pop is more like 60 to 75. So it's a much smaller number for our students to come on campus they get, it's, um, it's free, they uh, get a supplemental day of activities where they can interact with each other, and they learn from about housing, about jobs in Boone, about getting involved, and then one of the biggest parts of it is, is at the end of the day, these folks get to register before any of our other new students get to register, which is a selling point. 
That is wonderful. And I love that intimate size, right? So it exactly. allows this kind of casual conversation, a, a connection, a little bit of community building even. Yeah, and they bring their families. And so then we have a you know family track. We have a student track. They come back together for student panel discussions and other things throughout the day. And so it was, we have three planned for April. We had the first one last Friday. We have one tomorrow, and then we have one next week. And when we got the, you got to go home, we're going virtual um, notice back in March, we started saying, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? We started thinking it through. No one knew how long we were going to be gone for. Is it going to be two weeks, you know, that two weeks to fight the spread, and then everything is back to normal? At first, that's what we're thinking. So well, maybe we'll be able to do this in April. And so we kind of, but at the same point, we're like, yeah, two weeks. Is that really realistic? <laughs> um, and so we started thinking through, well, what could we do come April? Can, should we just cancel it? Or should we try and make it, move it to online? And so we started um, planning for the online. And as we went through the planning phase, that's when we also were told, because we're part of the UNC system, the North Carolina system, that summer was going to be online. Um, and so all of our orientation programs for 5,000, 4,000 new students is now online. And so um, this program is a collaboration, TPOP is a collaboration between the Office of Transfer Services and Orientation. We do it together and we work together on that. And so Nikki, who works in orientation, she's like, well, this is a smaller group of students. Let's use this as a pilot for what it might look like when we put everything in summer online. And so that's what we started planning. And so we looked at each part of it and said, okay, how do we do this? How do we do advising when we're not there? How do we do, we usually do um, an info commons where we bring about 20 different offices into the room and they have tables and they interact with the students and answer all their questions. How do we do that virtually? And so we had to start planning and being creative. So for exact example, for info commons, we put out an email request and said, send us a 30 second video of what is your office? And so these, and it, they were so different, which was so awesome because you would think it would be the same thing. Someone in front of a Zoom background saying, this is my office or, but no, some people actually showed their office when they were still on campus before we totally, totally got kicked off. Um, some didn't want to be on screen and so did more of a narrated PowerPoint and stuff like that. Um, some of them, there's a few that are similar in similar areas, and so they combined forces, and three of them came together in one video, and it was just so different and so all over. Um, and so then we created a webpage and put all the different videos with contact information up there so that on the afternoon part of the day, that was one of the things the students had to do, go check it out look at the videos. Are you interested in studying abroad? Hopefully sometime in the future we'll be able to do that again. Okay, you start planning that. Uh, how cool and creative. Yeah. I love that because that's my biggest concern, right? Is that that personal connection. How are we going to make sure they're navigating, they're, they're seeing the point people, getting to know them one-on-one, -on -one, really getting a sense of where things are and who the people are, who can be exactly. the people when they get to the, when they start. And that's why we really did expect them all to put their faces on it so we could see who it is. And a lot of them did. Definitely a lot of them did. Um, and so that, it, it gives them, and then it also showed, showed them a little bit about the houses or outside. A few of them did it outside and stuff like that. And so it was really neat to see how they came across doing it. 
I love that variety. And that's actually going to be, be a much more engaging thing to watch too. And then you get to also choose what you're interested in, you know, and ah, that's so cool. Yeah. So that was a lot of fun. Um, then the morning part, we did a lot of zoom parts, you know? Um, and so we tried to mix it up, try to find the best way to present it without getting, having the students overwhelmed of watching so many different zooms. Um, so, you know, we did three, then mix it up with a panel discussion where they're asking students questions and they got really engaged in that and um, having some of our transfer student mentors answer their questions. Then we specifically said, okay, now we're breaking half hour, go eat, walk around, go outside. We wanted them to have the break before they came back um, and going again to talk about. And then the afternoon was more of the advice and we talked a little bit about how to understand your credit evaluation. And then they all had individual one-on-one advising appointments via Zoom with, um, with our university college advisors. Um, and they, as far as um, they all were able to register starting for classes. So that's awesome. That's terrific. And so you were able to bring in current students so they could actually start to kind of connect with transfer students who are thriving and who've been through the transition. That, and that worked all right? Yeah, we have um, about a dozen transfer student mentors who would have been there anyways in a part of a panel discussion. And so we just did it. We invited them to the Zoom meeting. You know, we had about 50 people through Zoom doing it. And so to help, because that can get overwhelming with that many people on Zoom. So what we had them do is just put their name in chat. We didn't have them put the questions in chat because then that kind of takes away from what's happening on the screen. So, right, and we really wanted that. So what we did is just said, if you have a question, put your name in chat, and then we just slowly went down, and the person, it's would say, okay, Billy, it's your turn, and he would unmute himself, answer, ask his question, the mentors would answer it, and then we'd go on to the next one. Okay, Susie, it's your turn, um, and that sort of stuff. Similar, again, if we, they were in an audience and they were raising their hand, it was almost like them raising their hands. So it worked really well. That is super smart because you're right. Sometimes with those either webinars or chat services, you're not getting the conversation in the back and forth, which is what, you know, I know that you um, really value too about kind of connecting for students. Yeah. And I find sometimes if you use the chat too much, your focus goes, and I have two screens, so I'm kind of like going over to the other screen where my chat would have been. I'm focusing on what's going on and it's going so quickly, especially if you have 40, 50 people that you're not paying attention to what's going on here. And that's not what we want. We want our presenter or our mentors to be the focus of the discussion. Absolutely, absolutely. So in troubleshooting it, first of all, just practically, did you use Zoom? Was Zoom the only platform for the, ma- for the most part? We started it with Slate because that's our CRM. And so we wanted to get an attendance record um, so that they then... We knew they were there at the beginning, and then we would set their pins for registration in the afternoon. So if they weren't, if they weren't there for the intro appointment or the intro meeting, they didn't get to register early. So, um, so we started with Slate. That's how we did the intro with Nick, Nikki and I welcoming them. She did a little, okay, this is what orientation is going to look like this summer. And then I gave a little overview of our office. Um, since, you know, we are a unique office and we serve all the students that were in the audience, we wanted to make sure. Then we went to Zooms and every Zoom session had its own link. The, one of our big hiccups came to be because with all the Zoom bombing, our school is trying to put in more safety measures. 
And so they had implemented passwords, but we had already set up the Zoom links and we reached out to them, are we good? Do we need a password? No, no, you don't need a password. You set it up prior to it, you're good. Yeah, we weren't good. And so they go to register for, or go to click on for this first Zoom link and everybody's being asked for a password and we're like, oh my goodness. So we did a little scrambling, um, but it, it was quickly fixed. And then while that first session was going on, we just kind of recreated that password and just did it so they only had one password for all the different Zoom links and we didn't have to send out 20 different passwords. But um, that was pretty much the biggest um, oops that we had through it on Friday. But other than that, I do think we got really good feedback. The students were, we weren't sure how they would think. You know, we normally do assess and we kind of held off. We're like, oh, I don't know if we want to assess this. This is hopefully a one and done. We'll never have to do this again. Um, but we've got a lot of positive feedback just from the students just thanking us and saying how much they enjoyed it and stuff. So I do think, I mean, again, it's obviously not ideal. We'd rather be in person. That would be everybody's first choice. But it did teach us that it can be done online. And if, you know, with the summer, it can still orientation. Now, it's going to be a much larger format. It's going to be 400 or 300. We might, we're going to have to decide, do we go 300, max it out? Um, because that's the max for Zoom. Or do we go webinar? And that takes away some of that interaction and just really gives them the chat. So those are some things we're still talking through for the summer about what we're going to do there. That's great feedback. And I love the concrete takeaway about the passwords and about sort of the tech oopsies um, that can happen. Are there other major takeaways that you, you know, saw from Friday's event that you're going to take to Tuesday's event or to your last event or even to orientation? Things you want to try, things that you're like, oh, this really worked. We're going to keep it. Right. I think the only, and I don't know if there's a way to overcome it. We have gotten much Use, much more used to Zoom in higher ed because that seems to be what most schools are using. The students coming out of community college, most of them hadn't seen Zoom before. So they were still trying to figure it out. And so that first session was a lot of, well, how do I get my speakers to work? How do I get my video to work? And so, you know, it kind of impacted that first session a little bit. And so I don't think it's anything we can fix for these two TPOPs, but going forward to orientation, we might need kind of like a in-between first session where they're just practicing their stuff. Even though we did give it to them to practice, we only sent them those links an hour before we went live because we didn't want it to get out there for the Zoom bombing and all of the different things. So we we're trying to protect it. So you kind of have to struggle with how early do you get them so that they can practice and get on Zoom and make sure that they're successful without threatening the safety and security of the program. Absolutely. This is yeah. coming up in some of my other video chats that I'm having with folks, um, accessibility issues, right? So you probably have a pretty large rural um, community uh, in Boone. So have you found that there's accessibility issues as well that you're dealing with in the transfer community? The, the nice thing about Zoom is it does let you call in. So if you don't have internet, you can call in. And so there were a few people, you know, I said, that in the chat we said just put your name and then you take yourself off a of mute and well there was a few people that chatted and said I don't have a speaker I don't have that option let me chat my question and so you could see the differences a little bit that way but that is the one of the nice things about Zoom it gives you all those different options um, there were a lot of people on um, 
that didn't show the video because they didn't have that ability in, they had no laptop or a desktop computer that didn't have that. Um, and so those are some of the differences, whereas most of the time when we have our meetings, everybody's on laptop and you're seeing everybody's face and stuff like that. So there were, you could see some of the differences. Um, but one of the other things I think that we lost, that you lose when you go virtual, is that just that interaction as people um, go from one room to another, they're chatting, hey, dude, I see your t-shirt, blah, blah, blah. you know, you were at that school or you're into hiking or something like that. What do you, you know, and so you kind of lose a little bit of that when you're not there in person. But um, I did notice, especially as we got further in the day, before a session would start, they would kind of zoom, they would log in, and there were those that were showing their backgrounds, they were looking at the people's backgrounds and um, trying and trying to make those connections, um, saying, oh, I see, you know, see on your wall this, or you like that band, and things like that. So they were trying to make those social connections, um, which was nice. One of the other things app is just starting to use is something called Nearpeer. It's an app that's supposed to um, help with um, yield issues throughout the summer or melt issues. Um, and so we were able to put them in groups of the folks that came to TPOP and hoping that they're going to have conversations throughout the summer. It's a new app um, and so we'll have to see how successful that um, goes, but they're going to use it in orientation as well. Oh, that sounds interesting. Is it like a nudging app? Does, are you, does the school also send messages or do they, or is it more like GroupMe where they send messages to each other? It's more like, it's kind of like a combination of Facebook and um, I guess GroupMe. So they, once they are confirmed, they're um, encouraged to download the app and start connecting with each other. You can search if they're transfers, if they're living in the same hall, if all these little things, if they're from the same hometown. And so the hope is that they'll connect, but then you can group them into orientation groups or teapot groups and stuff like that to then um, help with some smaller socialization throughout the summer. I love that. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, that's neat. I'll have to look it up. So the other thing I was thinking about as you were talking, especially as you dive into your larger sessions, are you going to experiment with breakout rooms? Are you going to try to do maybe peer-led conversations by major or by interest? Right. And yeah, that is um, some of the conversations we're having as we're looking at summer orientation. So normally they would go to their department meetings. And then um, when they come back together, our mentors would be um, in like the atrium of the library to answer questions. And so we talked about, do we have a Zoom room where students can just pop in and say, hey, I want to know this question or that question. And so, you know, less well, there still will be led um, breakout sessions and meetings and stuff like that, but we also want more of the just one-on-one, -on -one, the socialization. So that's what we're looking at when we get to orientation is some of these. Um, one of the things we do in our office is we usually have a room where students who have credit issues could go to um, mm -hmm. and credit issues. So do we have a kind of Zoom room put aside for credit issues and things like that? Yeah, I think that would be a really wonderful opportunity to have some of those, um, mm -hmm. either one, the point people, like you said, you were saying before of like, oh, this is the person I'm going to really need to know because of right. this particular concern I have or issue I'm having. But also for that one-on-one, -on -one, just hearing from other transfer students about the experience, learning from them to get over that initial uh, panic that sometimes happens about the big transition and am I going to make meet people? Am I going to make friends? Am I going to learn the new environment even remotely? 
Definitely, definitely. And that's one thing we always tell students is, you know, 25 to 30% of our population will start as transfer students. You are not alone, but we know it feels like you are alone when you're coming here. So how do we do that? And then as we're looking ahead to fall, assuming we're here in fall, we know we're not going to have the huge welcome weekend event. So, you know, how are we going to be able to do that to still make them have those social connections when maybe we can't do the large events like we've done in the past? Yeah. Uh, so those are some of the things we need to start thinking about as we move forward. Well, that sounds like a perfect topic for the next time we talk. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you so much, Kim. It was really wonderful learning from you. And I can't wait to have you back and learn more in the future. Sounds good. I appreciate it. <laughs> See ya. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. To continue the transfer conversation, be sure to join the Transfer Nation Facebook group at tinyurl.com slash wearetransfernation. You can also follow us on Instagram at wearetransfernation and on Twitter at transferpride. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at tinyurl.com slash tnationtube. If you have ideas for future episodes of the Transfer Nation videocast and podcast, please email us at wearetransfernation at gmail.com. We can't wait to continue celebrating all things transfer with you. And as always, in Transfer Pride. Thank you.